It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. We call this our scattered thunderstorm season, as we release one episode each week in anticipation of our exciting winter daily podcast series starting January 17th. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, we've been walking through a 12-part series, releasing one every Monday, walking through these 12 truths that every Christian needs for the days in which we live. And we mentioned that we have this new series starting January 17th, which I'm really excited. So I'm going to be walking through a kind of an overview survey of the book of Colossians. And will you quickly tell us about what you'll be uh, walking through in your yeah. series? My series is, God willing, going to be called Spiritual Lessons from Abe Lincoln's America, where I'm going to be dealing with the antebellum era, uh, which is the era, the period right before a war that split a nation. And so we're going to be addressing that to just parallel it with where we're at now and how we can grow as the church and actually learn from that to be really stout and strong in the times which we live. That's really good. Well, just be anticipating that that all begins to release the week of January 17th. Eric, in this particular episode, it is interesting. We're kind of in this Christmassy season and it, you know, the, the external world tells us, culture tells us that, you know, this is all about, you know, sharing life with each other and, you know, and giving gifts. And yet what is actually interesting when you look at culture is it really ends up being a focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what can I get and what, what do I deserve? And it's, it's this weird twist that even though mm -hmm. culture has this glossy, it's all about other people, mm -hmm. most people are very self-focused this time of mm -hmm. the year. And that's actually something we want to address about as Christians, we are not called to turn inward. We are called to actually have an outward mm -hmm. focus and disposition. Could you kind of just kind of start that discussion yeah. and flesh that out a little bit? Well, the what, what takes place in a time of crisis or in a time of uh, confusion is people have a tendency to self-preserve. I shouldn't just say a tendency. They do. Uh, and they <laughs> right. self-preserve as a human instinct. And yet the difference between just a human and a Christian is that a Christian has something. It has the Holy Spirit. He or she has the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they're able to function in a time of challenge differently than the normal human would. So though it may be true that humans become self-protective and uh, they become self-sustaining and they become uh, self-preserving, a Christian is able to maintain an outward focus even in the midst of the dramas of life. When you look at what happened when COVID first struck, so we go back to mid-March and uh, COVID symptoms are starting to show in the American society and people start buying uh, toilet paper off the shelves as if it will somehow solve their COVID problems. It is the weirdest thing. I think all of us as Americans would all nod along and go, okay, that was strange because it had nothing to do with COVID. And yet the panic of the moment, and once it started to be a shortage, then it became a crisis because now everyone is looking for their toilet paper and they're going to hoard it. And so hoarding is uh, is a very dangerous thing that can happen in a time of confusion. And you'll you'll notice long lines at a, at a gas station. If anyone has a sense, if they even see a long line, they'll get in it because they're afraid if someone else is in the line, then I need to get in the line too. Self-preserving is a very, very common thing. For us as believers, in a time of confusion, in a time of difficulty, the first thing we need to do is turn outward and to consider everyone else. Imagine if our thought in a time of shortage of uh, toilet paper is, Lord, show me how I can help 
these people that are short on toilet paper. If I have toilet paper, am I willing to share share my toilet paper? That's a hard one. I think all of us would acknowledge in that season, it was very interesting for me. I, you know, I have eight people in my family and we didn't, you know, stock up on toilet paper. We just had our normal amount, but we buy a lot when we get it and suddenly there's none available. And so... It's like, how do we appropriate that? And I still remember, it's like, okay, look, I, I'm not going to be one of the crazy people. I want to be one of the blessings. I remember we even had a, a men's father-son group over here, and we all brought in toilet paper so that we can give it. We can go on a toilet paper delivery trip to the neighborhood with one roll of toilet paper. I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> because at the time, I think toilet paper was selling for $50 a roll on, on eBay. Uh, and so we had gold uh, that we were sitting on. And right at that time, there was a lockdown, so we couldn't even go anywhere. If I remember correctly, how it all works, it was a funny dynamic, but it's, it's a propensity that we have that we need as the church of Jesus Christ to peg and say, no, that does not rule me. Self-preservation is no longer my key function. My key function is the glory of Jesus. And I have grace to function outward and to turn outward and even to give of my strength so that others could be stronger. This is what I have been supplied for at the cross. And I do not want to diminish that by playing the enemy's game and following his bait. That's right. Even the cross is a great demonstration of that, that here is Jesus. He could have self-preserved. In yeah. fact, we, we know that there could have been legions of angels yeah. ready to, to step in. And yet he did not think about himself. Rather, he embraced the cross. In fact, one of the things I, I've kind of pondered and, and said over the years is that though the cross was the momentous moment in in human history when you actually look at what that cross symbolizes this bleed suffer die pour your life out don't think about yourself that's actually how jesus lived all the time that mm. he lived this style of a cross where he was constantly meeting the needs around him he was constantly rolling up his sleeves saying hey hey how can i meet your needs how can i love on you how can i wash your feet that that was just his disposition mm -hmm. he at, at the very heart of of jesus is the cross yeah and it's interesting to think that he did not think about himself he did not turn inward mm -hmm when he's in that moment of, of trial, rather he just said, okay, I, I see the need so desperately that I want relationship with my people that I'm willing to go to the cross. Mm -hmm. What would it look like as Christians if we had that same disposition, that that if we are truly filled with the very spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, what would it mean if we had that same cross perspective yeah. where we just said, okay, how can we meet needs? How mm -hmm. can we pour our lives out? How can we bleed, suffer, and die for the world yep. around us. Yep. I, I love what the writer of Hebrews says, the fact that we are to be known for our hospitality, hmm. that we always have an open door. Yep. And again, we don't have that kind of culture that they had in the first century. And I feel like because of suburbia, you know, we've kind of stepped back and put up fences and mm -hmm. and just said, leave, leave me alone. I'll, you know, roll up my garage door, park, and then pull, <laughs> pull it down so I don't have to talk to my neighbors. But yet, what would it mean to actually that old idea of uh, add a little water to the soup? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that we always have enough food where if someone mm -hmm. knocks, all right, well, we'll uh, get another place setting in. That's right. We, we want to be hospitable. We want to showcase love. Do you have a practical of whether just being outward focused or just taking this idea not to turn inward? Do you have yeah. a quick thought in terms of how, how can I make this practical or even a lifestyle in the days to day, in yeah. the day to day of, of my future? Well, one thing I think would be good to add on to what you're saying, and then I'll get to and I'll answer what you just said, is if we look at the cross and we circle it and we could point out and say, that's missions right there. And then it was like, well, I'm not called to missions. No, every single one of us is called to missions. So therefore, every one of us is called to that. 
that sort of decision making, that sort of outward focus, that sort of self expenditure, that that form of self sacrifice. We're not God and we can't save the world with what we're doing, but we can resemble God. We can showcase him and he can work through us to win the hearts of those that are dying. And uh, so I think one of the illustrations that's been very poignant for me over the years, and it's more of a humorous illustration because it's some, it's, there's a lot of confusion inside of my brain of how I heard this. But when it was Y2K, if you guys, if anyone remembers Y2K, it's almost embarrassing. It's sort of like the toilet paper shortage. It's like, oh boy, did we do that? But Y2K, it was no one knew how this was going to unfold. And for, for those who weren't even born then, could you even tell us what Y2K stands for? Because <laughs> I mean, I remember those days, but there's yeah. probably some people like, what does yeah. Y2K mean? So K is a thousand, two, so two thousand. Y is the year, so year two thousand. So when 1999 turned from December 31st into January 1st of 2000. There was all sorts of foreboding that the digital system that ran all of everything in yes. the world was going to <laughs> shut down because it didn't have the readout for it was going to go from 99 to zero zero. And it was like, <gasps> everything's going to blow up. But we didn't know. And it had all these things that were stated that was going to happen. Well, when you're in Colorado, it's cold that time of year. Right. And so no one knew what was going to happen. So people have generators, they have their baked beans, they have their their water, you know, uh, they have everything. Toilet They're, paper. Toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, they were stocked up on toilet paper. And one of the things that happened is I heard now I, I'm still convinced that I heard this, even though I'll, I'll tell you why it's, it's confusing. I heard that uh, Focus on the Family had actually made their facility in Colorado Springs a rescue shelter for the community of Colorado Springs. If things went south and things, there were real problems uh, for January 1st, then they said people are welcome to come to their facility and there'll be food, there'll be warmth, you know, they have generators that they'll, and I was so moved by that. And I was so impressed with that because I was like, that's how the church ought to function. So I was on a focus radio broadcast and I mentioned it as something just to commend them. And they're like looking at each other like, what, what? And then they actually had to correct it, I think, later in some broadcast age. By the way, uh, this didn't actually happen. It was horrible. Uh, and so I don't know how I heard that, even though I'm still convinced I heard it somehow. Uh, and maybe it was a different ministry. I don't know. But why would I think of it as focus? But the thing that caught me is how much it matched with what I said. That's what the church should be doing. I was so impressed with it. And I still am. I'm impressed with this thing that may have never even happened. But at the same time, I want to. I want Ellerslie to function that way. I don't want us just self-preserving with our own toilet paper stash. I want us to splurge that which we have at the risk of losing it so that the world may know that we consider them more important than ourselves. And we consider their soul, their skin, their health more important than we do our own. And there's something cross-like in that that I, I feel is essential in the times in which we live because we could have greater crises than what we've experienced so far in the last couple of years, you know, with this whole COVID thing. It's really not that big of a crisis. We could have World War One and World War II were far greater crises. And so we could have greater crises, right? But how are we going to respond? Are we going to hoard? Are we going to self-protect? Are we going to self-preserve? Are we going to turn outward and be like, focus on the family, I guess wasn't, but to literally say, look, if you have need, 
I will be a rescue shelter for you. You can come here and you will find that I will care for you even at my own expense. Even if you get my bowl of soup, soup because we've already watered it down so much that it's only water, I'll still give you my bowl. And that is something that I think we can't do in of ourselves because we're naturally selfish, but we can do via the Holy Spirit. So do you have a quick practical then in terms of what does that mean for like for me tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Like how, how can I... How can I begin to live this out practically in the day-to-day of my life? Well, I think it, it starts with us allowing the Spirit of God to circle or to mark in our soul the self points where we are like, wow, this is my time. Well, this is my resource or this is mine. And to just say, no, that's no longer mine. This all belongs to Jesus. It's the Spike Nard moment, the same thing Mary of Bethany had where God's looking through her pantry saying, what about that? And she goes, but that's my Spike Nard. That's my insurance policy. And God says, but that too. And I think for us to allow God to go into our pantry and to point to things very specifically that we have claimed as our own and to make it clear back to our God that that isn't ours, it's his. And he can spend it any way he wants. He'll care for us. He will. He's not just going to say, hey, empty your pantry and give it all away. He does know that you have needs. But at the same time, are you willing to allow him to empty your pantry and give it all away? And I think that's the starter point for us is we need to trust that God's going to care for us when we care for what matters to him. That's really good. Well, somebody would like more resources just on the practicality of the Christian life, I would highly encourage them to go visit ellersley.com. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit us at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.